Hey, thanks for joining us. We have a lot of things going on, so if you wanna check out our website and see what's coming up, that would be great. Also, be sure to like and subscribe if you wanna see more content that we have rolling out. Amen, you can go ahead and take your seat. So glad you are here. Next weekend is a really significant, I don't wanna say just weekend, it's a, it's a, it's a significant opportunity for any and every follower of Jesus. So next weekend is our baptism weekend. And if you, you know, baptism is not a way to get saved. Baptism is, uh, uh, it's something that Jesus commanded us to do. And it is a way to publicly declare our faith in him. And so if you're a believer in Jesus and you have never been baptized as a believer, I'm not talking about as an infant. That was more about what your parents wanted for you. This is you standing in front of a group of people and saying, I am following Jesus. I've placed my trust in him. It's a really cool thing. If you've never done that, we encourage you, I encourage you to take that step of obedience. Um, there's more information in, on the website, newsletter, app about how that process happens. You do have to do a few things ahead of time, um, but that's next weekend. So I encourage you to prayerfully consider saying yes to Jesus if you've not been baptized. Okay, so my wife, Raylene, and I are in the process of remodeling a basement bathroom. And what we're trying to do is we've been trying to change this vanity, this single sink vanity to a double sink vanity, which I thought really wouldn't be that big of a deal, but it has been. Uh, just getting out the old vanity out has been a nightmare. We ended up just kind of dismantling it piece by piece. But the new vanity, it, it arrived the other day. It is all in one piece countertop included, and it is heavy. Uh, so when my son Joel was home uh, for the weekend, we used him, his muscles and gravity um, to sort of slide it down the stairs so that it would be downstairs, right? But then when we were finally able to actually move it into the bathroom, Joel wasn't around. It was me and Raylene and my daughter, Erin. Um, and the challenge is that it, there are two, to get to our bathroom downstairs, there are two 90 degree angles to get there. And so there was just no way, no way we were gonna slide this thing in. So as we were trying to figure out how we were gonna get this in there, Raylene's like, who can you call? Not all this stuff. And I was like, hold on, I remember this piece of equipment that I had seen here at church. This, uh, there's really nothing fancy about it, right? It's just four pieces of wood and some wheels on it, you know, just a kind of a simple dolly. I remembered this piece of equipment. And so I ran to the church and I got it. What this thing does is amazing. So two of us got on one end of this really heavy band, two of us got, and we're lifting up on the edge and the other person just putting this, this dolly right underneath it. And we just lifted it up right on top of this bad boy. And let me tell you, in 60 seconds, we had that thing in the bathroom. It was a happy day. Without this piece of equipment, I mean, without this piece of equipment, we were toast. There was no way we were getting that vanity around the corner. You know, when it, come, when it comes to following Jesus, when it comes to living this Christian life, it can feel like an impossible task. How can I possibly love my enemy? How can I live with integrity and not exaggerate the truth? How can I forgive someone who hurt me? How can I resist this temptation that is kicking my 
but, right? How can I persevere in the midst of hardship? How can I share my faith with people around me? I mean, it's not that following Jesus is a burden. It's just that in our own power, it is impossible to follow him and actually do what he did. I mean, he is God, right? Jesus is God. He is perfect. How do we live like he lived? I mean, come on. How do we live like he lived? It's like us, me trying to move that vanity. All the effort the three of us could put out wouldn't get it in the bathroom. And I'd probably pull several muscles in the process. So wouldn't it be amazing if in this whole following Jesus journey, there was a resource like this, there was a resource, something that was easily accessible, not complicated, not flashy, right? But strong and able to help us do things that in our own power we could not do. Well, there actually is a resource like that. One that Jesus tells us about in John 14. We are in a teaching series where we are walking through the book of John and we find ourselves in John 14, which are some of Jesus' last words that he speaks to his disciples before his death. He has just told them that he is going away. He's gonna be leaving them. And they are obviously distraught about that. I mean, he has been the center of their world for the last three years. He is the Messiah, the chosen one, the son of God. How are they supposed to continue this whole Jesus thing without him there? And so in response to that quest, those questions, Jesus says something absolutely mind-blowing in, in these chapters. He says, look, it is for your good that I'm going away. <laughs> it is for your good that I'm going away. My leaving is actually going to be beneficial for you. Okay, so how can that be? What could be more powerful than having the actual person of Jesus in our midst? Well, Jesus tells us in the passage we're looking at today. So let's jump in beginning in verse 15. If you love me, keep my commands and I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. So Jesus is talking here about keeping his commands, doing the things he commands us to do. But as we mentioned a moment ago, that is impossible in our own power. We, we wanna love Jesus. We wanna love Jesus with all of our lives. We wanna follow him. We wanna obey him. But in our own power, we don't do that very well. And neither did the disciples. Up to this point, the disciples had been less than impressive, right? I mean, bickering and frequently confused and fearful and faithless. But these are the ones that are going to carry the torch when Jesus leaves. How will they be able to do that? And how can we do that? Well, Jesus tells us here, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. Okay, so Jesus is promising to give us a resource to help us follow him. And that resource is the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth, which raises a couple of, of really important questions. Who is this Holy Spirit? And secondly, what does the Holy Spirit do? So let's start with the first question. Who is this Holy Spirit? Who's the Holy Spirit? Look at what Jesus says next, verse 17. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. So the first thing Jesus wants us to know about the Holy Spirit is that the Holy Spirit is a person. He is not an it, nor is he some impersonal force. Jesus is not being Obi-Wan here. Um, may the force be with you. That's not what's happening here. The Holy Spirit is not an impersonal force. He is a person. 
person who can be known. Jesus says, verse 17, but you know him. The word he uses here for know speaks of relational connection, relational closeness, an interpersonal connection or fellowship between people, which is what's being described here. Jesus is describing someone, a spiritual being that we can experience personally, intimately. How intimately? Well, look again at verse 17. For he lives with you and will be in you. This word lives with is the word abide. Jesus is using this word to describe how the presence of the Holy Spirit has taken up residence in us and will be in us. It doesn't get more personal than that, right? If someone lives in your house, you notice that right? You experience that. Now you may, you can ignore them, try to ignore them, but the reality of their presence is real. And unfortunately, in the lives of many believers in Jesus, we believe theologically in the reality of the Holy Spirit, right? We, we know the Bible verses and we do Bible studies. We know theologically about the Holy Spirit, but, but we're not really experiencing him the way Jesus talks about here as this vibrant, life-giving presence who lives within us. In fact, many Christians are sort of afraid of the Holy Spirit. And, and, and mainly, usually it's because of some abuses that they've experienced by people who are claiming to be ministering in the power of the Spirit and ended up just being weird, okay? Um, I remember coming forward at a conference years ago um, where there was this kind of pray, come forward and we'll pray for you to just for a fresh impartation of the Spirit. I'm like, absolutely, I'll be there. I'd like that. So I go forward and I'm being prayed for. And as I'm being prayed for, I start to realize the person who is praying for me is like trying to push me over, um, like physically trying to push me over to cause me to be slain in the spirit or something, which, which kind of made me mad. Um, and it moved me to apply another uh, Bible passage, stand firm, let nothing move you. Uh, so I was hanging on that verse. I was not gonna let him, this person manipulate me like that because that's what it was. It was him, it wasn't the Holy Spirit, it was him. And so many of us have probably had experiences like that. And then it's easy to kind of throw the baby out with the bathwater when we have an experience like that. We're like, ah, all this stuff is whatever. Um, and and, and it just so it results in us often being guarded regarding the Holy Spirit, being kind of skeptical about any discussion of the Spirit's work, which is tragic because Jesus <laughs> and the passage we're looking at today clearly wants us to experience the Holy Spirit actively working in our lives See, according to Jesus in this passage, experiencing the Holy Spirit is normal Christianity. This is not for a select few. This is normal Christianity. It is not supposed to be weird Christianity or Christianity for a select few super spiritual people. No, when we place our trust in Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes to live in us, to make his dwelling in us permanently. Okay, now, Jesus also wants us to know the Holy Spirit is not just any person. Look again at verse 18. Jesus says to them, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Very interesting. So Jesus is saying to his frightened disciples, I'm not gonna leave you as orphans. I'm not gonna leave you alone in this world. 
I, he says, I will come to you. So how is Jesus going to come to them? He's not talking about his second coming here. He's talking about the presence of the Holy Spirit who is going to live in them. So look, what Jesus is saying, and this is so important, what Jesus is saying here is that the Holy Spirit is the very presence of Jesus. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. I'm sending the Spirit. The Spirit is the very presence of Jesus, but in, different, in a different form. So let me get just a little theological here because this is, this is important. And I think it's something that um, a lot of Christians don't really think about um, and don't realize, but it's, it's, it's biblical, okay? This is, this, here, here it is. When Jesus became a man, the incarnation, God became a man, he limited himself to a physical body. And then he rose from the dead bodily. So where is Jesus right now? He is seated at the right hand of the Father. He is not physically here. So how do we experience Jesus in our lives on earth? Through his spirit. Through his spirit, who is the very presence of Jesus in us. This is why the Apostle Paul, he does this a couple of places. One is in Philippians 1.19. He refers to the Holy Spirit as the spirit of Jesus Christ the spirit of Jesus Christ. See, the spirit of God is the very presence of Jesus on earth, which means the way we experience Jesus is through his spirit. And this is why getting to know the Holy Spirit is so vitally important. This is how we experience Jesus in a real way. This is how. This is how we experience Jesus in a real way. It's through the spirit, through the Holy Spirit. So, I mean, if a, if a Christian says, I love Jesus, we hang out, I talk with Jesus, but I'm not really sure about the Holy Spirit thing, that person is actually missing Jesus. They are missing experiencing Jesus because Jesus said, tells us there is no access to experiencing Jesus without the Holy Spirit. See, this is why Jesus says, it is for your good that I'm going to be with the Father because then all of you can experience my presence through the Spirit whom the Father has given to you. All of you can experience. When Jesus' physical body, if he had James and John went out, take a hike or whatever, they went over here, the other disciples were not experiencing Jesus in that moment. So Jesus is saying, look, it's for your good that I'm going away. Because you're, all of you are going to be experiencing me in an intimate, personal way, in a way that wasn't possible when I am here, when I was here on earth. So what we see here in this passage is this beautiful, relational, intimate union between Father, Son, and Spirit, right? The Trinity. That's what we see throughout this passage. Father, Son, and Spirit. The Father's going to give, the Spirit, and all these things are happening, right? Father, Son, Spirit, the Trinity. And here's the thing we are actually invited into that experience. That's what Jesus is saying. We are invited into that experience. In other words, if you've placed your trust in Jesus, the very presence of Jesus in spirit form lives in you. He's not an it, he's God. He's a person who can be known and experienced personally. So the only way to get to know Jesus is to get to know the Holy Spirit. Okay, that's 
foundation. That's, with that foundation, who is the Holy Spirit? Let's move on to the second critically important question that Jesus addresses here. What does the Holy Spirit do? What does the Holy Spirit do? If he lives in us, what is he doing? Well, there's a really, really important word Jesus uses here to specifically describe what the Holy Spirit does. So looking at verse 15, Jesus says, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. So this word translated advocate is the Greek word parakletos. What it literally means, it, uh, paraklete, it literally means to come alongside someone in order to assist them, in order to help them. Now, most there are various ways this word gets translated. Here in the one I'm using, NIV, it's advocate. Other translations use the word comforter or helper or counselor. Here, this is so cool because there is no, there is no one single English word that fully captures this word, <laughs> that fully captures the essence of what the Holy Spirit does. He is all of these things and more. So the Holy Spirit lives in us and thus, because he lives in us, he is able to uniquely able to come alongside of us no matter what we're going through. So he, he advocates for us. He speaks to us. He helps us. He counsels us. He comforts us. He strengthens us. He is literally walking alongside of us wherever we go, wherever we are. He is God with us, God in us, God around us every moment of every day. Pretty cool, yeah. Uh, but the question is, that's who he is, right? And what he does, the question is, do you and I experience him in that way? Not simply as a theological truth, that oh yeah, I know about the Holy Spirit. No. Do you experience him in this personal way as your advocate, as your helper, your counselor, your comforter? Do you experience him in this way? Imagine, imagine that your life is a house. So you're, 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 you, as a person, your life is a house and the parts of your house are different rooms, okay? So just kind of think about that. See, for many Christians... We know about the Holy Spirit. We receive, we know when we become a Christian, the Spirit comes to live in us. But for many Christians, it's like the Holy Spirit lives in the guest room of our house. He lives in the guest room of our house, or maybe he lives in a basement apartment or whatever. So while technically, yeah, he lives within us, we don't really know him. We don't really know him. We don't hang out. He's in the guest room, you know? Uh, we, we don't hang out. We, we don't really experience him. But that's not what Jesus is describing. Jesus is describing the most personal of relationships, not as a guest, but a friend who is welcomed into every part of our lives, every room in our house. See, for years, for years, I treated the Holy Spirit politely like I would a guest, right? I treated him politely. I believed in him. I memorized verses about him. I did taught about him. I did Bible studies, all I respected him, but I wasn't really experiencing what Jesus is describing here. A personal, connected friendship with the Holy Spirit. So that started me and our church on a journey of growing in our experience of him. I wrote a book about this a few years ago called More. 
when a little bit of the Spirit's not enough. If you're interested in exploring this further, you can maybe check out this book. It's on Amazon, or we have copies here in the library. But it's all about how we can grow in our experience of the Holy Spirit. It's a practical guide to experiencing the Spirit without being weird. Um, again, the, the experiencing the Spirit, that word experience sometimes makes Christians nervous, but this is what the Bible describes. Experiencing the Spirit is normal. It's normal Christianity. So a huge part of this in my own journey um, was learning, learning to slow down so that my, my spirit, the less, my spirit, my inner being, could become more aware of the spirit's presence within me. See, here, here's part of the problem. We live such busy lives and we just rarely slow down long enough to become aware of the presence of the Spirit within us. So one of the most simple and powerful tools for me in growing in my awareness of the Spirit is a prayer that I often attach to my breath as a form of spiritual breathing. The prayer is, Spirit of God, breathe on me. Um, and I attach that to my breath. So Spirit of God, on the inhale, I'm whispering that. And then the exhale, breathe on me. See, re reciting that prayer a few times, it quiets my inner being so that, this is important, so that I can be more aware. This is an awareness issue. It's not a location issue. He lives within us, but often we're not aware of that. And so what we're talking about here is just in cultivating an awareness of him. How do we cultivate an awareness of the spirit who already lives in us? So if this Holy Spirit stuff is kind of new to you, I would encourage you to try that simple breath prayer. Start it every morning. Do it three or four times in the morning or more or whatever. But when you just carve out a little time and just start your day with that and maybe do it throughout your day. Take a walk at noon and do that or just take little breaks. Spirit of God, breathe on me. See, let your soul grow in its awareness of the presence of the Spirit. Welcome him into the worries that you carry. Welcome him into the discouragement that you feel, into the sins that you struggle with, the parts of your life that you're trying to do in your own power, right? Let him out of the guest room and let him be this dolly for you, right? Let him be that one who can carry all the weight of all these things and move us in the direction he wants us to go. Spirit of God, breathe on me. Spirit of God, fill every part of me. So powerful. In fact, it's so cool that the Hebrew word for spirit is the same word for breath. Isn't that cool? <laughs> the very breath, right? That, that's how near he is to us. He is our very breath. I love that. Every, with every breath, we are taking air into our being. And what's that oxygen doing? It's, it's, being, it's going into our bloodstream. You, I didn't pay attention much in, in biology, so I'm probably getting something wrong here. But, but anyway, I think this is true. Um, but it's going into our bloodstream and it's feeding every part of our body body, every breath. I love that. The word breath, the Hebrew word breath is the same as the word spirit. Yes. Spirit of God, fill every part of us. Fill, permeate our being. I love that. 
It's this moment-by-moment enjoyment of, of and surrendering to the spirit of Jesus within us. In fact, have you ever had this thought, man, I wish Jesus was here? He is. <laughs> he is. Literally, he is here. Again, not in his physical body, but he is literally here through his spirit. He is here. The question is, are we tuning in to him? Are we hanging out with him? Are we welcoming his presence into this moment. Okay, now here's what is so cool about this. Um, Experiencing these beautiful friendship with Jesus, with, excuse me, with the Holy Spirit, it opens a door to a life of adventure where we're actually partnering with him in what he's doing. See, I don't think the disciples had any idea at this point what was in store for them, <laughs> right? Um, Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit. I don't have any idea, any idea. Look, look at verse 19. Before long, Jesus is still talking, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I'm in the Father and you're in me and I'm in you. Now, what day is he talking about? What day is he talking about? On that day, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. He's not talking about heaven. He's not. He's talking about something that is going to happen just a few chapters later in this book, in the book of John, where after his resurrection, Jesus appears not to the world. He appears to his disciples. They see him. John tells us about this. John 20, verse 19. Check this out. So we're jumping from John 14, verse 20, I mean, chapter 20, because this is, this is what he's talking about. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. These guys are cowering in fear behind closed doors. And then Jesus came, stood among them. They see him. Jesus said in John 14, you will see me. That's what's happening right here. They see him, but it's not just about seeing him. Look at the next verse. And this is what links this to John 14 so powerfully. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, check this out, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. This is exactly what Jesus was talking about in John 14. We just read a moment ago where Jesus says, on that day, this is the day, you will see me and you will realize that I'm in the Father and you're in me and I'm in you. And all of this is now possible because of the Holy Spirit. Okay, now I want you to notice the two things Jesus speaks into at this moment as he's imparting the spirit to them, two things he speaks into them and they relate right to what we're talking about. One is peace. Jesus twice says, peace be with you. So Jesus speaks peace to their hearts, a wholeness, a shalom that comes from the spirit, the helper, the comforter, which we saw in John 14. But there's something else Jesus adds to this internal experience of the peace, that comforter, all this, that there's something else he adds to the spirit dynamic. Not only does Jesus speak peace to their hearts, he also speaks purpose to their lives. Jesus says to them, as the Father has sent me, I'm now sending you. In other words, 
you're going to carry on this mission that I've started. I, I'm calling you to be a part of my mission to bring life and hope to this broken world. And here's how it's going to happen. Not in your own power. Don't worry. It's not in your own power. You don't have to worry about this. God knows the result of that. We know the result of that, right? In our, in our own power, we can't make this world transform, a, a world-transforming impact for Jesus. We can't do it. We're, it we're, we, you know, we're like the heavy vanity that can't be moved. But all of that changes. All of that changes by us receiving the Holy Spirit and relying on the Holy Spirit. Jesus says, I'm sending you in the power of the Spirit. So when we put John 14 together with John 20, we realize the fullness of what Jesus is inviting us into, to the presence and the power of the Spirit. He is inviting us to experience him as our friend, our advocate, our helper, our comforter, our counselor, and also as the one who empowers us for ministry, who empowers each of us to make a difference for him, to carry the torch, to continue the kingdom ministry of Jesus. Jesus says, live in the fullness of my spirit. And as he's transforming you, you can be a part of what I'm doing in this world. Okay, so here, here's an analogy. Let's say all of us comprise a hockey team, a really bad hockey team. I mean, I can't even skate, ice skate or whatever. So we're really bad, but we're on a hockey team. And let's say our coach Bad news bears, he sees kind of who we are and, and how bad we are. And he recruits one of the avalanche players to come play on our team, which is awesome, right? This is fantastic. So we play a few games, but we soon realize he's only one player on our whole team. The rest of us are still here with the, our mediocre hockey skills. Only, you know, one person can, can only make a limited impact. Okay, but what if this all-star player began training us? What if he began imparting his skills to each one of us so that over time we began to play like him? See, imagine the impact of that. That's the vision Jesus is imparting. By Jesus going away and giving us his spirit, each one of us are now empowered by his presence in a way that we couldn't be before, which means that wherever we go, we carry the presence of Jesus with us. The spirit of God who is walking with us and he wants us to bring life to others. You carry the presence of Jesus wherever you go. You do. You carry the presence of Jesus wherever you go into your workplace, into your neighborhood, into your family, into your school, onto your athletic team or book club or motorcycle riding club or video gaming group or whatever. I mean, talk about an adventure. Every day is an adventure of letting the Holy Spirit transform us and being a part of how he wants to impact and transform others through us. See, what would happen in our lives? What would happen in our church what would happen in our school, our workplace, our community if we continually lived this prayer? Spirit of God, breathe on me and breathe through me. What would happen if we regularly placed on the Holy Spirit all of our inadequacies and all of our weaknesses and we let him move us toward a need around us? What if we saw ourselves as sent ones who have the spirit of Jesus in us so that we can actually be the presence of Jesus wherever we go? 
About a year ago, a couple of families in our church began to move toward a need that they saw in our community. Some of their teenage daughters began developing friendships with some girls who come from refugee backgrounds and are resettling in this community. And and so in order to address some of the gaps in their English language learning, coming from a foreign country, imagine that. So in, in order to help address some of the gaps in their English language learning, these families began providing some tutoring for these girls. And it has now become this beautiful, life-giving community called Study Buddies that looks a lot like Jesus. So check out this video that we put together. We've been doing Study Buddies for about a year now. Uh, It started when a couple of teenage girls that I knew from refugee backgrounds were heading into high school. And they started high school as English language learners, so it's not their first language, and they're dealing with all these really difficult academic subjects. So they just need an extra support in understanding some of the content in their classes. For study buddy for me, I think it's a safe space. It's been going great. It helped with my assignment, but also, you know, to meet new people, make new friends. So we're basically together all the time. We, we try to do homework most of the time, but we can have lots of fun. Some people that were seeing me like I was a stupid girl. It makes me give up and feel like empty inside. But what did I just... They just, they are just like good people in the study body of there. Make me feel like I am home and I just like, I can do it and I can like reach my goals when I work so hard. I see a theme verse for, um, for our group is 2 Timothy 1.7 that God did not give us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and love and self-discipline. And I'm super proud of these girls because it feels like a lot of times we run up against things that feel impossible or bigger than us, and we trust for God's power to show up in those spaces and um, guide us. One thing that just encourages me is how those of us that um, believe in God, we look around our culture and we have that part of the stranger where we realize everything in our culture isn't right. And so even though I've been, I was born in America, I still feel like a stranger so often. And as a Christian, I can relate to all of these girls that I'm getting to meet each time. I don't think I would have the grades that I have with us study buddies. It helped me break up my grades also. Also be here also help me better with my English because speak with other people with English. Tutoring others has built some good leadership skills and also helps me just practice what I'm working with. So. Pray for us that we would have wisdom um, and that God's presence and power would continue to be with us. Pray for us for, you know, we wouldn't have to feel we're dumb and, you know, we can't do anything. Pray for us to be strong, to be confident, to help others as study buddies tours does for us. I want to go back to my own country and teach cases because I want them to go in the big town and find job. Yeah. Would you go back to the refugee camp? Yeah, I would someday.
Okay. I mean, what, what might happen as we continually say yes to whatever the Holy Spirit wants to do in us and through us? I know one thing. I know this. It won't be boring. All right? <laughs> it won't be boring. It can be messy. It can be challenging. But it won't be boring. I mean, we are partnering with Jesus. That's why he has given us his spirit so that we experience the transforming power of Jesus and so that we can partner with him in bringing his presence to the world around us, which is really cool. Let's pray. Spirit of God, breathe on us. So let me just lead us in a couple of responses. Um, first response, where, where do you need the Holy Spirit to be your advocate, your helper, your comforter, your strength? Think of a specific area. And welcome him into that area. To say, Holy Spirit, would you come into this area? Fill this area of my life. Be specific. <laughs> Fill me. God, we want to know you. Holy Spirit, we want to know you and grow in our experience of you. every moment of every day to remember you're walking alongside of us. You live in us. So help us be more aware of your presence with us. Second response. Spirit of God, breathe on us and send us so where is Jesus sending you? Maybe it's a place you haven't even, maybe he's putting on your heart a place you haven't even been. It's moving towards um, a place or a person you don't even know, but you're feeling a prompting there. Or maybe it's where you are. You already are. And he wants you to realize you're a carrier of his presence. So Holy Spirit, where are you sending us? Where are you wanting us to be a carrier of your presence? Would you help us see what you're doing and partner with what you're doing, seeing the needs around us and being sent once? And the adventure of that, just the adventure, okay, God, how do you want to use me today? I pray that our hearts would live in this adventure of being sent ones who carry the Spirit of God wherever we go. So where are you sending us, God? Where are you sending us, Holy Spirit? We want to say yes to that adventure. Thank you, Lord.
So Holy Spirit, we welcome you in this time as we're gonna worship for the next several minutes. What a beautiful opportunity to become aware of you and for you to move in us. God, lead us, lead us in this time, Lord. As we're singing, as we're standing, kneeling, God, we're just here to to cultivate an awareness and a delight in you and a worship of you. So during this time, let me just remind you, we have prayer teams that are available. I think we're gonna have someone back at that one as well. Um, They're available during this worship time. If you wanna receive prayer, you can just slip out of your seat, go receive prayer, come back, and let's just let the spirit move in us. We have this uninterrupted time here to be in his presence, to cultivate an awareness. So Holy Spirit, come and move. Set us free to worship Jesus. We love you. We love you, God. Thank you, Lord. So coming out of this message, we just want to have this opportunity for you to Connect with us if there's something stirring in your heart. If you need prayer, if there's something going on, we're here for you. And we don't want you to feel like you're doing this alone. So please reach out. You can contact us on our website. We'd love to pray for you. You can submit requests. Or if you just want to like share a thought or if you have a question, you can leave it on the comments below or you can find us on the live chat on our website. We just want to do this together with you. So have a blessed rest of your day and we'll see you next time.